0: Chapter 16 of the Submarine Boys on Duty This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the Submarine Boys on Duty by Victor G. Durham Chapter 16 the last second of the nick of time Despite the whistle of lead minding only the spray that dashed into his eyes Hal Hastings swam on His one idea at present was to reach that submarine boat if it were within human power to do so Ere the boat now nearly all submerged took the final plunge below the waves Grace Desmond did not quit her post nor cease her heroic efforts to turn on the compressed air and yet she added her shrill shrieks to jack benson's lusty yells for help the sounds of the shots from the shore gave them a momentary hope that help of some sort was really on its way it's the last second or two if you mean to save us yelled jack at the top of his voice bang bang josh owen fired two more shots from his dangerous revolver as hal caught at the rail of the boat the last chance to save us repeated jack i know it came breathlessly as the dripping hal dropped down the manhole he did not even wait to make use of the stairs by a fortunate impulse grace desmond fell back as young hastings appeared hal's right hand shot out gripping the wrench the pollard gave a surge that all aboard believed to be her final one yet hal hung to his post resolved to go down trying there was a hiss of compressed air the pollard didn't quite make the death plunge then she seemed to go ever so little toward a more level keel i believe i've got her cried hal hastings a moment or two later he felt sure of it he gave a cheer to ease his pent-up feelings and then suddenly gasped jack do you know how much compressed air there is no replied benson blankly heaven grant there's enough for what we must do prayed hal aloud there were two shots over in the yard just now the three young people heard the discharges though they paid no heed to them at this critical instant slowly the pollard continued to regain evenness of keel then hastings shifting the wrench to another part of the compressed air apparatus opened the sea valves of the amidship's water tanks to expel water briefly now they knew that the pollard had risen also she was resting on an even keel hal bedewed with cold perspiration darted up the stairs to the conning tower he looked out and the first glance told him the pollard was riding the water as she should it's all right now he called down with a strong effort at calmness jack what on earth happened that you had to call for help And then he caught sight of his chum lashed to the stanchion hastings mouth went wide agape with astonishment jack how on earth did josh Owen?" Yes, nodded Benson quickly. This was his work. Get me free from the stanchion, won't you? Despite his elaborate effort at calmness, Hal Hastings shook so that it was some seconds before he could get his knife from a pocket Wait till I steady down Hal muttered grimly. I'm afraid of stabbing you At last however Hastings controlled his right hand enough to feel safe in slashing the cords Jack weak need stepped away from the stanchion though he was still handcuffed thanks old fellow that's enough for the moment said jack whose face was still ashen gray miss desmond both boys wheeled together to speak to that splendid young woman they paused with their lips open grace desmond could not have heard them she had fainted lying inert across one of the seats she's a brick a wonder clean grit broke from jack softly admiringly When Josh Owen saw Hal drop through the manhole, and then saw the submarine's dive arrested, he realized it was time for instant flight, and yet as he turned to dash away, he found himself confronting the muzzle of a revolver held by the night watchman, who had been outside of the yard at a little distance, but whom Josh's firing had brought back on the run. "'Throw up your hands, Owen. You're my prisoner,' said the watchman crisply, but the ex-foreman much preferred being shot to taken. Flourishing his weapon he turned making a dash for the street gate Then it was that the foreman fired the two shots heard by the young people on the pollard Both shots missed Thereupon the watchman lowered his weapon and dashed after the fugitive F. Summers coming down the street to go aboard heard the shots Me for a high roost if there's trouble uttered Summers dryly he climbed the fence close to the gate an instant later Josh Owen darted out as he passed eph with a fine eye measured the time and dropped fairly a straddle of the fleeing one's shoulders whoa you big draught horse chuckled eph holding on to owen's head for grim life under the weight and the unexpected shock the ex foreman sank to the sidewalk had the night watchman continued the chase they would have had josh owen then and there but the watchman knowing that he was a poor sprinter and that josh was a fast one turned just inside the gate to rush to the telephone and notify the constable so josh on his hands and knees after he recovered from his first astonishment found he had only f to fight young summers was all grit when aroused nor was he lacking in muscle but he was no match for josh There was a brief heated contest then F dizzy from a blow in the chest that winded him staggered back Owen swiftly vanished in the darkness But F when he got to his feet again clutched the empty revolver that he had twisted from Owen's hand So much racket of firearms on a still night had aroused many people it was not long before there was a crowd at the yard Mr.. Farnham was quickly on the scene soon after him came David Pollard the rowboat was recovered and those on the submarine brought ashore grace desmond's faint had been a short one at the first dash of water in her face she had come out of the swoon the handcuffs were quickly filed off jack's wrists in the yard office as many persons as were admitted heard a tale that made them feel creepy you splendid brave girl cried jacob farnum patting miss desmond's shoulder and then he sent a man after a carriage to take the young woman to the home of her friends that night the yard's owner made announcement of a reward of one thousand dollars for josh owen's capture dead or alive that fellow has proved himself more dangerous than an ordinary lunatic and he knows too much about submarine boats for my comfort He's even capable some dark night of putting a mine under the pollard big enough to destroy her at Anchorage We'll have to keep deck watch through the night then proposed Jack Benson very well captain. I put you in command smiled. Mr.. Farnham I can keep a sharp lookout without the title of captain responded the submarine boy But you're going to be in charge of the boat at least until she's sold to the government or consigned to the junk heap so why not be captain from now on and thus it was settled offhand jack flushed with delight had it been possible for him to be more loyal or devoted to the interests of the builder he would have been from that moment jack took his own first deck watch that night dividing the remaining time up to six o'clock between hal and eph in the morning captain and crew had hardly more than finished breakfast when jacob farnham and mr pollard came off from shore in the tender both looked highly pleased about something i haven't mentioned anything about this before announced the builder but i've been pulling some strong wires at washington for some time as a result i've just received orders from the navy department to attend the summer manoeuvres of the fleet at cape adamson we're to have our trial by the government there how soon do we start cried jack eagerly we'll start this afternoon so as to be in plenty of time it's only about a seven hours run for us though and we're not expected at cape adamson before tomorrow evening can you be ready captain why there's nothing to do sir but to take aboard more gasoline and water we can do that in an hour we'll drop out to sea then about five o'clock this afternoon decided mr farnum as he and the inventor rose don't get flurried about anything captain benson be very sure i won't sir replied jack earnestly and we'll be ready to start at the stroke of five but i've been thinking sir and there's one question i want to ask does grant andrews go with us no replied mr farnum dropping his voice i need grant for other work the first hint i get at cape adamson that we have a winner in the way of a submarine i'm going to wire andrews to start laying the keel for another he has his orders and knows what may be coming we really ought to have a fourth member of the crew sir explained captain jack if we're to keep watch and perhaps run on long trips i'll see if i can get someone who'll be any good to us nodded mr farnum seriously and then he and the inventor went ashore leaving the young captain to the leisurely task of fitting for sea service the news that the pollard was going to attend the naval manoeuvres at cape adamson soon became noised about dunhaven for mr farnum saw no reason for holding back the nature of his orders from washington it was not long before groups of people gathered on the shore on either side of the boatyard to gaze with increased interest at the grim mysterious-looking submarine before one o'clock mr farnum put off in the tender with a stranger a swarthy stalwart almost gigantic-looking man of about forty i've got you just the man you want captain called the builder joyously as he came aboard captain this is bill henderson late bosun's mate of the united states navy he knows all about our line of work for his papers show that he has served aboard various submarine torpedo craft belonging to the government he's a crack helmsman a navigator and knows all about our kind of machinery during this introduction henderson had saluted and scraped he now stood at attention the youngest captain i've ever sailed under sir he said to jack but i'm satisfied you know the business or mr farnum wouldn't have given you the berth at your orders sir after mr farnum had returned ashore, benson put his new hand through a searching quiz if there was anything bosun's mate henderson did not know about submarine boat work then the young captain was not able to find out what it was bill henderson ought to be captain not i whispered jack to his chum if mr farnum didn't find that out for himself replied hal dryly don't tell him "'This man, Henderson, is certainly a jewel for us,' murmured Captain Jack. At the moment the three boys were standing on the platform deck, while Henderson was stowing his limited baggage away below. "'Now, Cap, take this from me,' muttered Eph, with the air of a wiseacre. "'When a man seems a crackerjack at anything, and doesn't have as good a position as you think he ought to have, keep your eye on him.' "'For what?' asked Captain Jack smilingly. Oh, just to see what turns out to be wrong with the fellow. What can be wrong with Henderson? I didn't say anything was, did I? Queried F. Somers. And I don't believe anything can be. Responded Jack Benson. Hopefully, Mr. Farnham has looked over the man's navy discharge papers, and Mr. Farnham isn't an easy one to take in. End of chapter sixteen.